You're now listening to the Tax Smart REI podcast, your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Tax Smart REI podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about LLC tax structures from a tax perspective. So we always get questions about this from Tax Smart investors as well as clients. And so whether or not you're investing in rental properties or you're fixed and flipping properties, we're going to be covering LLC structures for both of those today. So stay tuned after a quick word from Driftwood Capital. Driftwood Capital is a vertically integrated real estate investment firm with a focus on hospitality assets. For more than 25 years, the principals at Driftwood Capital have built deep relationships with brands, lenders, and brokers, unlocking direct access to institutional-grade investments for its network of over 1,500 accredited investors. Driftwood finds deals, completes due diligence, creates the business plan, secures financing, and closes the deal with its own capital. Then Driftwood offers accredited investors the opportunity to invest directly in these deals with a minimum of $50,000, enabling you to create a diverse portfolio that meets your financial goals. It's time to start building your portfolio today. Visit www.driftwoodcapital.com slash CPA to learn more. Again, that's www.driftwoodcapital.com slash CPA to learn more. That's all for now. And without further ado, we'll jump right into today's episode. All right, and we're back. And LLC tax structures for real estate investors. Why don't we just get started with rentals? It's often the most common questions we get. So just to get started, uh, the first thing to kind of understand is that LLCs are more often than not used for asset protection rather than tax advantages. But when you're using LLCs, you just have to make sure you have the appropriate tax election so that you're not making mistakes that cost you thousands of dollars in taxes. And we see it happen all the time. So right. So if you're investing in a rental property. Typically, you're going to want to use one of two structures, right? You're either going to want to use a single member LLC if you're the sole owner, right? So if you own a rental property and you want to put an LLC, it's just you as an individual, a single member LLC or an SM LLC, or sometimes referred to, is probably going to be the best structure for you. And the reason for that is that single member LLC is typically disregarded for tax purposes, meaning that from a tax perspective, it's as if the LLC doesn't really exist and it just gets reported on Schedule E of your tax return, again, as if the LLC was there. Now, if you have partners, you have multiple owners, say you and a buddy go uh, partner up to go buy a property, you're typically going to want to use a a multi-member LLC that's taxed as a partnership. And when you're using a multi-member LLC taxed as a partnership, what's going to end up happening is you're going to file a partnership tax return and you are going to receive K-1s and you're going to pay taxes based on your individual uh, circumstances. So in other words, the partnership generally does not pay taxes. The individual partners will pay taxes. Now, the one thing you want to avoid, you want to avoid with rental properties at pretty much all costs is putting your rental property in an S corporation or an LLC that is taxed as an S corporation. And the reason for that, there's a few reasons, but the primary reason is that whenever you pull out a rental property from an S corporation or an LLC taxes an S corporation, it is treated as a sale, even if you're just moving that property to another entity that you might own and control and yourself. And we've seen it happen countless times with clients. They put a property in an S corporate, a rental property in an S corporation. 
and they later need to restructure. It could be for estate planning. It could be for refinancing purposes. It could be for asset protection. It could be for any number of reasons. And then they end up having to sell that property out of the S corporation, or it's like a phantom sale to themselves. And they have a capital gain or they have a tax event that could otherwise be avoided. And there's other reasons too. Another reason not to invest in rental properties through an S corporation is you don't get allocated non-recourse financing or the qualified non-recourse debt. That doesn't you don't that doesn't increase your capital account, which can cause issues when taking losses from rental properties, depending on how you finance uh, your property. So those are just a few. That's kind of where you'd want to start with rentals. Great explanation. There's actually a really great account to follow on Twitter. The account's name is Mountain Lawyer, and it's at Wild Law four zero six. And this account actually talks frequently about LLCs and asset protection. It's really interesting follow because. What I've learned is this, this person is litigated against landlords. And so basically, he's like saying, like describing all the secrets with like asset protection and stuff. And the conclusion in a lot of the threads that the account writes is that LLCs actually aren't that great from an asset protection perspective because people just don't keep up with it the way that they need to. And so this account constantly advises just to get really solid insurance, like umbrella insurance and stuff. Really interesting account to go check out, though, if you're interested in understanding why you would get an LLC from an asset protection perspective. But as Tom was saying, there's no tax benefit to opening up an LLC. And I want to make that really, really clear because we get that question every once in a while. It's, it's well, if I go and open up an LLC, now I'm in business and now any expenses that I run through that LLC are business expenses. And that's not how it works. I can open up an LLC and you know open up a bank account and then pay our babysitter out of the LLC's bank account. And it still doesn't make the babysitting expense a business expense, right? So you have to you have to look at each individual transaction, regardless of where it comes from, to determine if it's a business expense or not. Opening up an LLC, routing expenses through it will not make it a business expense. Actually, just conversely too, just like if you don't have an LLC, and you are paying for business expenses, it's still a business expense, even if you don't have an LLC. So opening up an LLC, running things through an LLC does not make things tax deductible. It's not going to help you in that case. Uh, The other thing to know about LLCs too is, like if Tom and I partner up on a real estate deal, I ran across this recently with a client. So if Tom and I partner up on a real estate deal, and we we each put $100,000 into the LLC, because we're going to go buy a $500,000 property, and we need to capitalize the LLC in order to do that. So we put 100k each into the LLC, we don't get to go and deduct $100,000 from our taxes, putting $100,000 into the LLC is not a business expense, right? right? That's a capital contribution for the partnership. Think about it as moving money from my left pocket to my right pocket, right? So I take a dollar out of my left pocket, I put it in my right pocket. I still own the dollar. I still have the dollar. So I'm not going to get to deduct it because I didn't spend it on anything. Okay. So so simply putting money into an LLC is not a tax deduction. Whatever the LLC's activities do, you might get tax deductions through that, right? Like if we buy the 500K property and then we cost segregate it, And it creates a tax loss that we then split because we're partners. Now we have a tax deduction. But if each put $100,000 in on December 31st and we don't buy the property until January 1st of the following year, then this year we don't get any tax deductions, right? So again, just really important to understand that LLCs do not give me tax deductions. And I I know you can go on TikTok 
And I know that you can look at all the people on TikTok that are saying, hey, open up an LLC. This is step number one. Open up an LLC because you get tax deduction. No, you don't. There's no benefit to opening. There's no tax benefit to opening up an LLC. And I'll go as far to say that if you're thinking about running a business, now I know this is, you know, we're, we're talking about real estate here, but now I'm going to switch gears to talk about just business in general. If you're thinking about running a business and you think the first thing you need to do is go set up an LLC, you are wrong. Right. The first thing you need to do is sell something, right? Right. You need to figure out how to sell something because I see a lot of people. So a lot of our real estate clients are entrepreneurial, right? They, they want to go and open up different businesses and stuff. And so what they'll do is they'll go and set up an LLC. They'll go and have all these lunch meetings. You know, they'll, they'll do all the, the things that look and feel like business, but it's not actually business. Right. It's so all you need to do is sell something. Right. That's what business is. Business is, is finding customers and then making a sale and then delivering a product or service to them. And that that is business in a nutshell, not, not setting up LLCs and all the sexy stuff that everybody talks about on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Setting up an LLC will not get you one step closer to a sale. It won't. Right. What will get you closer to a sale is meeting the right people and asking them for money. <laughs> right. Or, or, you know, building a social media following or, or doing direct outreach. I mean, it's sales, right? But, you know, and, and, and you might want to have an LLC for your rental property. So that's where, that's why I caveated that at the beginning. It's like a little bit different if I'm investing in real estate, because when I buy that rental property, the very next month, I'm going to have sales, i.e. rental income. So I might want to have an LLC set up for that. So, I, you know, I'll give you a pass for that. But LLCs can be great if they're used effectively but they definitely don't drive tax savings. There's no benefit from a tax perspective. The one caveat that I'll say there is if I am self-employed and I'm netting $100,000 and I'm running that through an LLC, I now have the option to tax that LLC as an S corporation, which will help me reduce my exposure to self-employment taxes. I can see you making that argument as to that's why LLCs are beneficial. But other than that, I don't see any benefit from a tax perspective to utilizing an LLC or, or to setting up an LLC. Now, I guess I should have another caveat here. If you do have a partnership, you 100% should run that partnership through an LLC right. because there are tax, I don't want to say tax benefits necessarily. It's just more flexible from a tax perspective to run a partnership through an LLC compared to an S corporation or a C corporation. But still, I'm not, I don't get to just deduct expenses magically because I have an LLC. That's the point we're trying to drive home. Okay. Okay. So just let's just summarize where we are so far, right? Because uh, we talked about a lot so far. I could definitely see some people out there uh, scratching their heads. I could see it in my head. So, first things first, right? LLCs generally provide no real tax benefits for rental investors, right? But you should maybe put your property in an LLC. You want to have it taxed as a single member LLC if you're the only owner or a multi member LLC if tax as a partnership if you have multiple owners, right? Now, when it comes to creating an LLC for a business, right? Rental activities, we talked about this last week on the episode, rental activities are generally not subject to the self-employment tax. So you should not be putting rental properties in an S corporation because again, like I mentioned before, there's going to be issues if you ever do need to remove the rental from the LLC. And you, it also causes issues with your basis, if you do use qualified non-recourse financing, you can't get that increase in basis. But where an LLC tax as an S corporation does make sense is if you are self-employed, right? You're running, maybe you're a consultant, or maybe you are running a small business, or you're a flipper, right? If you fix and flip properties, 
that's where having an LLC taxed as an S corporation will actually make sense. Because in that case, if you do have the dealer status, you will be subject to that self-employment tax. And that's where that LLC tax and S corporation can help you mitigate that tax. So now what we're going to do, we're going to take a second and we're going to actually answer some questions from the TaxSmart community about LLCs. So let's see what we have here today. Here's an interesting one to start here. What are the pros and cons of holding rental properties in a single LLC versus holding them in their own individual LLCs? All right. So to answer this question, I'm going to have to say that probably for asset protection purposes, that's something you're going to want to discuss with your own attorney. However, from a tax perspective, there is no difference whether you hold all your rental properties in a single LLC versus whether you hold all your rental properties in their own separate LLCs. Uh, if they are disregarded for tax purposes, if you are the single owner, then they will be reported on your tax return as if that LLC was not there or as if those LLCs were not there. So no difference there from a tax perspective. We have another one. There's a duplex I'm looking to buy. If I bought it with one LLC, could I then do a 1031 exchange and buy it from the LLC that owns it? No. Maybe I don't understand the question, but if I buy a duplex and then later want to 1031 it into another LLC, is that what they're asking? The question is, if I bought it with one LLC, could I then do a 1031 exchange and buy it from the LLC that owns it? No, no, you can't. You can't self-deal like that with a 1031 exchange. Right, right. Just to go a step further with a 1031 exchange too, like Brandon just mentioned, when you do have a property that's owned in an LLC, you're generally going to have to, when you do a 1031 exchange, you're going to have to have that same LLC that you're selling the property own that new property because generally speaking, the same owner has to own the new property is who own the original property. Yeah, that's a much better way to describe what I was trying to get at. Like if an LLC sells the property to this other LLC, but doesn't replace the property, then it's not a 1031 exchange. It's just selling the asset to yourself, which I don't know why you'd want to do that. And I don't even think that you could do that. So in a 1031 exchange, the taxpayer has to remain the same. So LLC A would have to sell the property and also buy a replacement property in order to have a 1031 exchange. I guess you could sell you could sell it to LLC B that you also own. But LLC A is still on the hook to buy the replacement property. That's the problem that I was trying to illustrate here. Right, right. So moving right along with some of these questions, these are some interesting questions we have on LLCs here. Okay, so here's one. What are the steps to putting a rental property into an LLC if there's a loan on it? So I guess this person, they own a rental property, they bought it with a mortgage or another loan, and now they want to transfer that, that property, is, I presume, in their personal name into this LLC. I think the best way to do this is to get your attorney to talk to the mortgage broker or the mortgage company about options of transferring the property into the LLC. I know that's probably, you know, there, there are certainly a lot of investors that just move the property into the LLC and just cross their fingers and hope their mortgage company never finds out. Personally, I have always used the method of let my attorney talk to the mortgage company about what I'm trying to do. And generally, they're fine with it. So, I would just like in a lot of cases, I'm, you know, do the thing, ask for forgiveness later. But in this case, just because it could be substantial, I like to loop in all relevant parties prior. Now, that's just my opinion. You can do it however you want, but you would you would basically transfer the deed into the LLC and then the mortgage company would. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know if they would rewrite something in their contract to reflect that. 
but you would just work with them on that. So that's what I would probably recommend. But again, like not to say that it's right, but we've seen people just move the property into the LLC and just never tell their mortgage broker. Uh, I think the, the, the risk there is that if the mortgage broker finds out, they could call the note because you no longer own the asset the LLC does. So that's the risk. So you'd probably want to speak to your attorneys, assess that risk and see if you're comfortable taking the risk or figure out the best way to mitigate that risk for you. One more comment on that, by the way, is depending on the state that you live in, just be aware of transfer taxes. I know that in different states, there are pretty substantial transfer taxes, even when you are transferring it to a wholly owned entity. So make sure that you understand the costs prior to engaging in that. Absolutely. So we got another one. I think this one, we get this question a lot. Do you have to file a 1065, so that's a partnership tax return, every year if there's no income or expenses? I have a partnership LLC, 50-50 with my wife. We created to purchase a property that while under contract, uh, the seller could not meet the terms and we never bought the property. Uh, so they're mm. asking, there's no income and no significant expenses worth reporting. He's seeing conflicting opinions on this. Do you need to file that 1065 if you have no income or expenses? Well, I think that the, if, if I recall correctly, the 1065 instructions say that if the partnership has activity, then you need to file. And I'm pretty sure activity means income and expenses, not necessarily capital contribution. So is that your take too? Yes. My understanding, if there was no income or expenses, then there is no filing requirement. However, some people suggest to file it anyway as yeah. a best practice. But again, if there's no income or expenses, that's not required or that's not very customary as far as I'm aware. I mean, I can see, you know, wanting to save $2,000 on filing fees. It might even be less if it's just a blank partnership return, depending on what firm you're working with. But yeah, I, I mean, I could see it either way. I think that if you don't have any activity, then technically you don't need to file. However, it's probably a best practice to go ahead and file anyway. You do have a partnership. And, and I'm really just thinking about that in terms of third-party partners. You know, If it's just you and your spouse on the partnership, then maybe you have more flexibility and decision-making. But if I've got third-party partners that are friends, family, investors, I'm going to file that partnership every single day, every yeah. single year. Because you, yeah, you want to document everything. You want to make sure there's no discrepancies um, and everything's formalized when there's those third party yeah. partners for sure. Yeah. Some of this stuff, like, again, I can understand wanting to save $2,000, but there are just some things that you should not skirt on cost. And this might be one of those things, depending on your circumstances. Absolutely. We have another question here. The real estate safe harbor rule, I think they talk referring to the QEI safe harbor. So they bought their first rental property, a single family home, not in an LLC. Does the safe harbor rule apply to me if I meet the 250 hour requirements or do I need to have an LLC, have it in an LLC or another business entity? And I believe that 250 hour requirement they're, they're referring to is the QBI deduction. So there's that safe harbor. Basically, if you, if somebody, not you, you don't have to do it, but if there's a total of 250 hours of rental activities performed on your on your rental property for the year, then you met that safe harbor and it's considered a section 162 trader business for the purposes of the QBI deduction. So as far as I'm aware, you do not need to have an LLC to do that. You can simply own the property as long as 250 hours of services were performed on the property. And you you have it documented, you met all the requirements for the QBI deduction, then you'll be good to go. I don't believe an LLC is required in that. In that and what is the QBI deduction for? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. So 
the QBI deduction allows you to take basically, long story short, a 20% deduction of your business income. And one of the big questions when it comes to rental properties specifically is, is a rental property a business? Does it rise to that level of a trader business and does it qualify for the QBI deduction? And basically, they came out with a safe harbor that said that there's more requirements than just this. But one of the big requirements was if there's 250 hours of services performed on your rental activity by you or an agent or a property manager, by employees, whoever, they will meet the safe harbor and qualify for the QBI deduction. So again, QBI deduction allows you to take 20% of your business income. There are some limitations as you get to the higher income thresholds, but uh, that's kind of a QBI deduction in a nutshell. Here's a good one. Can an LLC be filed on a sole proprietor as a sole proprietor on Schedule C? It's a single member LLC, or does it need a separate tax return? Mm, good question. So, if you have a single member LLC, meaning you 100% own the LLC, yes, you would file it on Schedule C, or if it owns rental properties, you would file the rental properties on Schedule E. You're only ever going to file Form 1065 if you have a partnership. Now, I know that this is strange because a single member LLC is taxed as a partnership by default. So it could be confusing. But if you 100% own the LLC, you file it on your own tax returns, your own 1040. So your Schedule C, Schedule E. If you have partners, like actual partners, then you file it on a Form 1065. If you tax your LLC as an S corporation or a C corporation, then you're looking at filing Form 1120 or Form 1120S. All right. That's a great summary right there. We're going to go into the next question. I think we have one or two more, and then we'll call this this session a wrap. Um, if you do have questions, go ahead and join our TaxSmart Insiders community. It's a great place to get answers to your tax-related questions. You can join live Q&As. You can uh, post in the forum. You can request consultations with our team of tax advisors. You get a 30-day free trial by going to www.taxsmartinvestors.com slash free trial. Again, it's www.taxsmartinvestors.com slash free trial. Go ahead and start your 30-day free trial. But now back to these questions we have here. And last handful of ones is, uh, can an S-Corp or an LLC write off mortgage payments dollar for dollar as a business expense? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. No, no, you can't. So principal payments, it's kind of like the contributions that I was talking about earlier. You're taking $1 out of your left pocket and you're putting it into your right pocket and you're asking if it's a tax deduction. So that's what's happening with principal payments on my mortgage, right? Like I'm taking money out of my pocket and I'm putting it into the equity of the property. So it's still my money. I'm just sort of transferring where my money is sitting currently. Uh, and because it's still my money and because it's not an actual expense, then I can't deduct it on my tax return. So what you have to do is if, if my mortgage payment is $1,000 a month, I have to ask, what is making up that thousand dollars a month? If it's mortgage and if it's just principal and interest, then I just take the principal out of that and I only deduct the interest on my tax returns. So again, principal cannot be deducted. But what happens if there's insurance and property taxes in it too? This is a big mistake that we see, by the way. A lot of tax advisors or tax preparers, they just see you book your mortgage payment as an expense and they just take it on your tax returns and it's wrong. First, you have to back out the principal, like we said, but you also have to back out the escrow payments that you make. Because when, you know, in that $1,000, let's say that, let's say that 600 of the thousand is principal and interest. So 400, I'm paying into escrow to reserve for 
insurance, and property taxes. Well, the $400 monthly payment that I pay into escrow is not a tax deduction for me because it goes to my escrow, which I also own. Even though it doesn't feel like you own it, it's your money because it's your escrow account, right? So it's not a tax deduction. I didn't actually pay the insurance and the property taxes. Even though I'm paying $400 a month, I didn't actually pay the insurance and the property taxes every single month. I only pay them once a year, right? So when the mortgage company releases the funds from escrow to pay my insurance and property taxes, that is when I get a tax deduction. And most of the time that happens once a year, but there could be an, a situation where you know you buy a property, you sell a property, and you don't have that expense that year, right? So, so you just have to watch out for that. So when I have a $1,000 monthly mortgage payment, I've really got to be looking at what's making up that mortgage payment and really only the interest is deductible. So so only the interest portion of my $1,000 monthly payment is going to be deductible today. Uh, the escrow will be deductible in the future when I actually pay the insurance and the property tax bills. Yeah. And the principal is never deductible. So principal is um, never deductible. All right. So we have one more question here. This is a question I get all the time for some reason. Do you need to have an LLC to use the real estate professional status or the short-term rental exception? And the short answer to that question is no. So these are hourly-based tests, okay? We've covered them ad nauseum here on the podcast. You can go check out the rep series, check out the short-term rental series we have. But long story short, you could own the property in your individual name. You can own it in an LLC. And generally speaking, you'll be able to use real estate professional status or the short-term rental exception as long as you meet the requirements, there is no, you don't need an LLC. That's the bottom line. So case closed on that one, hopefully, but I'm sure I'll still get that question. So I think that's about it for today. Again, if you do have questions, you do want to learn more about this type of stuff. We do have some great episodes on entity structuring, on short-term rentals, on real estate professional status, on all this good stuff within our Tax Smart Insiders community on the Members Only Podcast. So you go ahead and check that out again. A 30-day free trial at www.taxsmartinsiders.com slash free trial. And we'll see you on the inside and we'll catch you on the next episode of Tax Smart REI. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes and with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.